How many of you cannot believe it is November? I mean, like, where did 2019 go? Uh, In fact, I feel like we just put our Christmas stuff away. uh, And by the way, we're one of those people that's like Easter's around the corner. And we're like, oh, we should probably take the Christmas stuff down now. Uh, And it is is a little laziness, I'll I'll admit. Uh, We're just like, oh, we got to put it away. Uh, But yeah, we're one of those people. So of course, it makes like, you know, once... November comes around, and that's like only six months that the stuff, I don't know. But I cannot believe it's November, uh, and of course, November is the month of thankfulness. Um, It is a month that we kind of set aside uh, to be thankful, and it's interesting because the world still celebrates Thanksgiving, and I'm always wondering, who are they thanking, right? We believe in God, right? We believe in the creator of the heavens and the earth. We believe in the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, we believe uh, that God, you know, uh, uh, created this place, created us, and sent, you know, we, the whole story of the Messiah and Jesus and, you know, all of that. We have a lot to be thankful for as Christians, right? But I'm always wondering when a group of people who don't necessarily believe in anything, who are they thanking? Right? I mean, I guess you can thank each other, right? We can still thank each other. Well, thank you for, you know, being you. You know, really appreciate it. Thanks for being my friend and all that stuff. But I mean, when we really think about the big things in our lives, you know, who are you really thanking for that? Thanking for the provision, right, of your life, you know? The, uh, when, when great things happen, you know what I mean? And, I, and, and it's just always interesting to me. But this is a good time. And I don't care how cliche it seems that it's November, but I still think that we need to take this time to really be thankful. Now, I kind of want to share something personal about me. I have definitely struggled in in my life with those kind of deep, dark times where I let my, I, I have a very imaginative mind, and I let my mind travel down these really dark roads sometimes. And, and in those times, it can really lead to what I call kind of that oppression or, or even depression. And I've been there before. And I've been in those places. And I'll tell you, it's, you know, you get down there and you kind of feel stuck. You kind of feel like, first of all, how did I make it here? It's really dark. I'm really lost. I really don't know how to get back to that place where I was. You know what I mean? But, you know, well, what do I do? And, and to be honest with you, one of the things, one of the tools that I have learned, and you have to use this tool, but one of the tools that I have learned is being thankful. When I start to go down that road of, of negativity, when I start to go down that road of, of just dark thoughts and, and just thinking about all the bad things that are happening or all the awful things or all the, you know what I mean? It's really easy to focus on all of the negativity. But why don't we? Why is it that that's our default? Why is it that, that we always go to the, you know, the dark place? Why is it? And that's because obviously we're human. We're flawed. We're sinful. So of course that's where we're going to go to first. But there is something powerful about wielding that tool of being thankful, of thankfulness. And that's, we're going to take a whole month, and I know it's cliche, and I know, you know, Matthew, everybody does this, and every pastor, and what, I don't care. But I'm going to be honest with you, I am a person who needs it. I am a person who gets 
dark sometimes, and the only way that I can get out of it is when I start reminding myself of the things that I am thankful for. Amen? The things that I am thankful for, and I'll tell you, it, it, it has become now something that even in my prayers, I make sure that I do. I make sure that when I'm talking to God, that, that I carve out a time in my prayers that I say, okay, God, here are the things that I am thankful for that you have done in my life, because he has. He's done great things. There's things that he has done that I can't ignore. In fact, if I were to ignore, I think it would be pretty silly. So we're going to take the month of November, and we are going to be thankful. We are going to be thankful to our God, the one, the giver, right? The one who gives, the one who provides for us, the one who freely gives. So it reminded me, of course, of our uh, scripture verse. uh, uh, We're talking about a year to grow this year, uh, and the year's crazy. It's almost over. Uh, But uh, Colossians uh, 2.7 was our scripture verse uh, this year, and and it actually has the word thankfulness in it. But it says this. It says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And then it says, and you will overflow with thankfulness. See, when we know the truth, when we are enlightened to the truth, when we step out in faith and when our roots grow deep into God's truths, when we know these truths, then all of what springs forth out of us is thankfulness. It is just something that should well up inside of us when we know what God has done for us. I loved this psalm. Psalm 50, 14 says, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep the vows you made to the Most High. Make thankfulness your sacrifice. It should be something, you guys, that should be in your daily communication with God is thankfulness. It should be something that should just be springing out of you. And I'm going to be very honest with you. It's not easy. It is a muscle that you have to work out. It is something that you have to remind yourself to do because naturally, what do we want to do? Complain. We want to wallow. We want to, you know what I mean, throw a pity party for ourselves. We want to go and I am, you know... (laughs) great at it, we, we want to go to those dark places in our minds. But one of the things that we can do to fight that is, is thankfulness, is being thankful, acknowledging God, acknowledging what he's done in our lives, and giving thanks to him, you know, honoring him for what he's done. I think that Christians have a hard time believing God loves them. And let me explain what I mean by that, because you're probably, well, I know God loves me. But I feel like we struggle with that. I think we know in our, in our heads, we know what the Bible says and we believe it, but I think we struggle and here's why. I believe that we get into this mentality with God that if I slip up, if I make a mistake, if I sin, I'm out. He, I'm done. God is kicking me out of the club, Right? Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you have felt that way? I have. I have felt like, man, if I make a mistake, boy, I'm out. God says, you know, and by the way, that's not who God is. God is not, you know, a a man that he should lie, right? His his thoughts are are higher than our thoughts. His ways are, 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 are higher than our ways. God is not like us. 
But yet we kind of put that image on God. So we, we, we know that God loves us, but we feel like it's, just, it's kind of on this, you know, rating scale basis, right? This, well, there's those people, they seem to be really holy, and I am not. And really, I'm kind of like, the moment I slip up, I'm out. Boy, you may not see me again, you guys. And that's not how God is. That's not who he is. And so really, in this idea of being thankfulness, the one thing that I want you guys to understand is God's grace. God's grace. This is where grace comes in. We feel that we are on this conditional relationship with God, right? We're, on the, we're teetering on this, oh my gosh, it's great today, but tomorrow could be a disaster, and it could be all over with God. That's what we do. But God is actually grace-filled. God actually extends grace. And that is what we're going to kind of narrow in on today. We need to understand God's grace. And that's first, let's look at Webster's Dictionary. Webster's Dictionary actually calls it unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration or their sanctification. You guys, that's powerful. That is a powerful statement. A virtue coming from God, right? Grace is something given by God. It's something that comes from God. A state of sanctification enjoyed through divine assistance. We can literally live in this state of, you know, grace. And that's what God's love is. God's love is is this extension, you know, of his love for us is grace. It is saying that, listen... You can mess up tomorrow because my grace is extended to you. There is something that I have given to you that is unmerited. You did not deserve it, but I am giving it to you anyways. That's what grace is. That's what grace is. I want to kind of just illustrate this. Uh, Mackenzie, do you mind coming up here for just a quick second? I just kind of want to illustrate grace. I want to illustrate grace. Come on up here. I want to give you something, okay? I want to give you something. I want you to know, first of all, it's mine, okay? I didn't take it from anybody or anything like that. This is from my own wallet. But I want to give it to you, and there's nothing that you have to do or there's nothing that you've even done uh, necessarily, but I just simply want you to have this. It's $20. Would you like it? Yes. You're welcome. That's grace. So here's once grace has been given there's something that you can do with that, right? Now, obviously, what, what can you do with, what are what's some things you can do with $20? Save it for something important, right? And anything else? Now, is or it, give it. Or, or give it, or even give it to somebody else? Or so, for example, like, what's one of your favorite things to, what's one of your favorite places to go eat? Panda Express. Now, would that be enough for you and like another person? So you could actually even bless another person with that and you eat? And that's pretty cool, huh? Awesome. Would you guys give McKenzie a big... Go ahead. You may sit. Oh, everybody wants grace all of a sudden, huh? Wow. Everybody wants grace. Well, by the way, this is God's love for you. This is how God looks at you. He, He wants to bless you. 
He wa- and, and there's nothing that you do. And here's where we need to rethink. This is where we need to get our minds right in, in alignment with who God truly is. We go around and we, we think that if I do this, then God will love me. And if I do this, then God will love me. And if I do this, then he'll really like me today. If I do this, he'll be so proud of me today. When God already, he's sitting there waiting. He's just like, you know, with that $20 bill, he goes, hey, if you would stop talking, and if you just come to me, I have something for you. And I just want to bless you, you know, and I want you to be a blessing as well. That's what grace is. It's simply what grace is. You did nothing to deserve it. And you need to stop running around like a chicken with your head cut off, thinking that anything you do is going to make God love you more or keep you from being kicked out of the club, right? So let's look at this story. There's a story in Luke 17 that uh, I want to look at. Luke 17, and it's, it's, you guys have heard it. It's about the, um, the 10 lepers. We're going to look at Luke chapter 17, of course, in the New Living Translation. Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11, it says this. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, 10 leopards stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. I want to pause just right there for a moment. So here's Jesus. He's entering a town, right? It was probably a very, very small town. When we think of cities and towns, we think of these great big places. This was probably a very small town. And Jesus enters, and of course, there's these 10 lepers. And let me explain. Leprosy was this kind of unknown disease And they really didn't know and understand it very well. So if you had it, you were kicked out, okay? If you had leprosy, you were kicked out. You had to always stay kind of at a distance. And one of the things that you had to do, which had to be humiliating, had to be humiliating, was anytime someone approached, you had to yell out that you were a leper, right? Unclean! unclean, right? How many of you, that sounds like a a fun Sunday afternoon to you? No, it's humiliating. You were basically saying, everybody look at me, the sicko, right? The one who's doomed, the one who, you know what I mean? Look at me. That's, you know, you were already embarrassed. You were already covered up and you were already, and then you had to yell it. It had to be excruciatingly you know, not just physically painful, but emotionally and mentally. I mean, it just, you probably, you had to have felt worthless, worthless. So here they are, these 10 lepers. They come, they're yelling, <clears throat> you know, unclean, unclean. And then they say this, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Now, it's interesting because we're talking about grace, but yet, yet they're yelling mercy, right? Mercy is the other Thing. So, so grace is, is getting what you, uh, what you don't deserve. Uh, mercy is not getting what you deserve, right? It's like the punishment part. It's like not getting the punishment when you deserve it. That's mercy. So they're yelling mercy, which means that they're in a state, and I believe a lot of people who were inflicted and still today believe this, I have this affliction that I, there must be something wrong with me. I am being punished by God, right? Again, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you have felt that way? 
How many of you have felt that there's some type of affliction in your life, whether it be physical, whether it be emotional, or whether it just be happening around you, and one of your thoughts was, God must be mad with me, and he is pouring out his judgment upon me. So that's what they're yelling, and Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Basically, they're saying, God is pouring out his wrath, and we're asking it to please stop. <clears throat> so let's look further into this story. Verse 14. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Now, by the way, that was tradition. That was something that they were supposed to do. But here's the thing. They were only supposed to do that if the leprosy was going away. So here's what's happening. Jesus tells them. Jesus doesn't say, you're healed. And then they looked at, oh my gosh, look at this. And then say, go see the priest. He actually tells them, right now, get up, go see the priests. Nothing had happened yet. But what's amazing is all 10 lepers do it. They obey God. There is something about obedience to God even before we see the miracle. Are you catching what I'm saying? There is something about obedience to God before we even see the miracle. Some of us, we, we live in a, a, a culture where we, we want to see the evidence. I, you know what? Before I believe in that, I want to see it, right? Before I trust in that, I want to see proof. I want to see evidence. I want to, nothing had happened. Jesus said simply, go see the priests. They were still full of leprosy. Nothing had physically changed. But they, all 10 of them went and saw the priests, and it said they were cleansed. It said they were healed immediately. Obedience. Obedience even before the miracle. Verse 15. One of them. One of them. When he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. He fell on the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. And the reason why they put that in there, there's a reason why anytime the Bible says, and this person was a Samaritan, he wasn't a Jew. He wasn't a Jew. In fact, he was this kind of mixed race, you know, thing that Jews just despised. And yet, you know, Jesus touches them. And what Jesus is saying is, listen, my power exceeds and extends beyond culture and race. I did not just come for the Jews. I came for all mankind. I, just not, I didn't just come for, you know, the North Americans. I came for all mankind. I came for everyone. Everyone can receive my grace. Everyone can receive my healing. It says he fell onto the ground, his feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, and here's where it gets good. He says, didn't I heal 10 men? Didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. So here's where the lesson in this story is. How many people got healed? Ten. Okay? Ten got, ten, it says men. Ten men got healed that day. Now, only one came back to do what? Thank him, right? Did anything change with the state of the other nine? It doesn't say. 
it still says that they got healed. That's grace. Sometimes we focus on the one guy that came back, and by the way, that's awesome, because he did receive something that the other nine didn't. You know what he received? He received received a new level of enlightenment that it was his faith that healed him. See, the other nine missed out on that. The other nine probably went, even though they were healed. God's grace was extended. Ten men were healed. But what was different with the one, because he had a heart of thanksgiving, it went beyond God's grace, and he got this enlightenment. It wasn't just his body that, that got healed. His mind started to heal. Do you see what I'm saying? God's grace is extended. God will do what God wants to do. If he wants to heal 10 lepers, he's going to heal 10 lepers, despite whether they deserve it or not. So do you see where I'm going here? See this road I'm, kind of, I'm trying to travel in? Because this is where we get kind of caught up. with. We think that we have to perform for God to do things in our lives. These 10 lepers did nothing to receive God's healing, yet they received God's healing. But one took it a step further, and because of that, this one came to an understanding that the other nine probably would never. And because of that, that one drew closer to his creator, drew closer to his God. See, God's grace is still extended. But when we have an attitude of thankfulness, we can then draw closer in relationship and understanding him. Do you see where I'm going with this? We need to get out of this place that we think we have to perform for God for God's grace to be extended, for God's love to be given. That's not. It's freely given. It was freely given to 10 lepers. But one, one took it a step further. And because of that, he wasn't just healed physically. He was healed in his mind. And I think that's the place that God wants to draw us into, this deeper relationship, this deeper walk with him. So don't misunderstand that just because, you know, just because I don't fall at the feet of Jesus, he's not going to do anything for me. No, he's going to always extend grace to you. But when you have an attitude of thankfulness, there is a growth in your relationship with him. And that's what the one found out that day that the other nine missed out on. So three things and then I'm done. Three things that we should thank God for. What are, what are some things, that, uh, and by the way, there is a plethora, a plethora of things. What is a plethora? Uh, uh, three things, though, that today we're just going to focus on. The first one, our salvation. First one is our salvation. Three things that we should thank God for, our salvation. Psalms 18, 46, uh, 18, John caught me, 1846 says, the Lord lives. Praise to my rock. May the God of my salvation be exalted. Psalm 5112 says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. I don't know what it is. And by the way, it's going to be tough to recover. (laughs) Yes. I sometimes forget. I don't know about you, maybe it's just me, but sometimes I forget that God saved me. I understand God saved me. So hear what I'm saying though. 
sometimes I wake up in the morning and I don't feel so good and I feel the heaviness, the weight, you know what I mean, come upon me, the world, the, 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 the problems of the world, the things, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, and I just start to go throughout my day and just that heaviness sets in and I just, I, I get in that stuck place that I was telling you about. I forget the joy of my salvation. Why is it that we have literally been pulled from the gates of hell and yet we can still walk around acting like we're in bondage? Why is it that Jesus Christ set us free? We should be raising the roof. And by the way, tonight was awesome. I felt like, you know, we were raising the roof tonight. But I mean, as Christians, right? We should be bounding out of bed every day with the joy of our salvation, knowing that I was headed to this eternal damnation, but Jesus saved me, he grabbed me, he plucked me out, and he set me up on this high place, and now I am one of his, and now I get to partake in everything that the kingdom of God has to offer. That's amazing. And why is it as Christians we walk around with our heads down and our shoulders and this and that? You know, God, remind me of my salvation. That's why David said after he had sinned, he said, Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. He said, because if I had reminded myself of my salvation, I probably wouldn't have walked into that sin. If I had reminded myself every single day when I woke up that I am saved that I have been saved and I would think differently and it would help me not walk down those dark places. This is, to me, one of the number one things that we should be daily thanking God. And it's really reminding ourselves. It's really what it's for. It's a reminder. Remind me, remind me. That's why David said, restore to me, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Number two. Provision. <clears throat> you guys know the doxology? Do we have any old school people in here who know the doxology? <clears throat> Praise God to whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all ye creatures here below. Praise him above all heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. I love that song, and it's because it's a reminder. It's a reminder what we're supposed to do. <clears throat> Second Corinthians 9.10 says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, we will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. You guys, God is the one who provides the seed. At the beginning of everything that comes, at the beginning of every blessing that flows is God. Think about it. We get so caught up in our jobs and what we do, but we, we forget that at the beginning, it was God who set everything into motion. It was God the one who supplies all of our need. It is God the one who made the seed that grows into, you know, whatever it is that we're eating. God is our ultimate provider, and we should be thanking him every single day. Every single day for the provision that God has given to us. Praise God to whom all blessings flow. All blessings come from God. 
And all blessing, that is where it begins. And number three, and my last one for today, healing. Healing. Psalm 103.3 says, who forgives all your iniquities and who heals all of your diseases. Remember in this story, the 10 lepers did nothing. They did nothing except obey God. That was all they did. He told them to do something and they did it, all 10 of them. And because of that, all 10 of them One did come back and was thankful, and because of that, right, he got a little bit closer to his God. But I want you to know something. We need to get out of this mentality that God's punishing me, that he hates me, that I must be doing something wrong, that this is why I'm afflicted, or this is why I'm going through what I'm I'm going through. I love it when you know, Paul himself, it doesn't say specifically what he was battling, but he was battling something. Some believe that it was, he was battling blindness. He was actually going blind. He actually was having a hard time seeing. And so he was saying, Lord, I said I prayed three times that Lord would take this affliction, you know, from me. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. You guys, God wants to take care of you. He wants to provide all your needs. He wants to heal you. But we need to get out of this mentality that we're gonna, we can earn it by doing this or that or we act a certain way or if we perform. Or, it's not performance-based. It's not performance-based. But God does want our worship because when we do that, then, we, then our relationship with him grows. I want to end by saying that it's, just, it's not just enough to receive grace, that I truly believe that God wants us to give it as well. That's kind of why even in our, my little illustration with McKinsey, she's got 20 bucks now, right? Yeah, and if I had 20 bucks, I, it would be gone like that, right? But there's so much that when God extends that grace to us that we can do with it. We can bring somebody else into that grace right, when it's extended, when we're blessed, when we're, you know, that God wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing. That was his whole intent for Israel. His whole intent was that he wanted Israel just to kind of be the the catalyst. It wasn't supposed to be this private thing. It was actually supposed to be, they were just supposed to be the start of it. He wanted to bless them so that then they would in turn be a blessing to the rest of the world. And of course, through uh, you know, through Abraham's, you know, seed, Jesus, the Messiah, he is a blessing to the whole world, so that, that, that prophecy has been fulfilled. But we can still be a part of that. We can still, as we receive grace, as we receive grace, as grace is, is extended to us, we can then extend it to others. Amen? Amen. So this is, this is a month of thankfulness. This is a month that I want to... As much as I want to see physical healing, there's a, there's a healing that I want to see in all of us, and it's the, it's the healing of our mind. It's the way we think. It's the way we view God. Because I'm telling you right now, when I see our culture, our culture views God as the enemy. 
and he is not. And I have to admit, sometimes we don't do the best job of portraying who God really is when we ourselves sometimes wrestle and struggle with what God's doing in in, in our lives. Amen? So let's take this month, and I hope this month turns into, you know, next year and, and it becomes a lifestyle, but let's be thankful. Let's let thankfulness flow from us. Amen? Because when that happens, when that happens, we will get to know God in such a deeper way. Amen? Amen. Can I pray for you guys? Praise you. Father, we are thankful. And, and let's just be, even begin right now, just to yourself. You don't have to do it out loud. But just start, what, is, what are some of those things? What are some of those things that you're thankful for? Pra- let's put that into practice right now. God, I am thankful for, I am thankful for this, for what you have done in my life, for my family. Thankful for your provision. I am thankful for your salvation, for my salvation. Father God, we are believing for great things, Lord Jesus. We are believing, Lord, that you want to save us, you want to provide for us, and that you want to heal us. So Lord, first, we're asking that you would heal our minds. You would heal our minds and just our thinking and and how we view you and the lies that we have bought and believed in. And right now we say, Satan, get out of my head. Get out of my mind. I am not going to let you control or dictate any longer that I am going to stand on God's truth. Father, heal us. Heal us, Lord God, this day we ask. Lord, let something new start in us, a new way of thinking, a new way of viewing you as not that overlord, as not that God up there with the baseball bat ready to pound on us the moment we make a mistake, but a loving, caring Father who who is gracious, who extends grace to us. Lord, may we remember that you healed all ten lepers. But we also would remember the one, and we would be the one that comes back and falls on our face before you and thanks you for everything that you've given to us. May we know that we are rich in your blessing, rich in your grace. And may we in turn extend and share that, those blessings and those grace with others. Lord, we love you. Father God, we thank you for this time together. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.